Hello and welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast. Welcome to the Ghoul Squad Podcast, everybody. I'm Keegan Preslak. I'm Eric Hoff. And this is a horror podcast where two buddies in the middle of nowhere, somewhere in New Mexico, get together once a... Uh, it's been once a month now. We say that every episode, but it's been once a month. And we talk horror movies. <laughs> we do talk horror movies. So how are you doing, Eric? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm, uh, I am I switched to a new shift at work. Okay. So I'm a little loopy now because like... I used to work nights, now I work days, so I'm like a zombie dragging through the night. But I'm going to try to make this episode energy-filled. Well, with Christmas upon us, I'm a little worried that I'm going to be worthless soon. Probably going to be working longer than usual. I hope I can make it. Do you want to say why? Who do you work for? The United States Postal Service. USPS. Do you think you might go postal? I hope so. (laughs) Maybe I can get a part in a, a Yule Ball film, huh? Called Postal. Yeah. What's that guy's name? From He's from A Christmas Story, actually. Oh, really? The, the guy who plays Ralphie? No. The, no, the red-haired guy. Mm, I don't know. Well, anyways, that guy is in Postal. All right. Let's just do a You Bull episode. Let's do a... Let's talk po- about Rampage and House of the Dead. Let's not. And Blood Rain. You know, I remember liking House of the Dead whenever I uh, was the dark? younger. Never saw it. Tara <laughs> Reid? I like your face and you said, Alone in the Dark? I wasn't sure if that was a, a, a film of his or not. All right, so... We've well, already gone off the rails. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. How's it going? This is going to be our Christmas episode of the podcast. Uh, it, the the first annual Ghoul Squad Christmas special, if you will. We missed Halloween, but we're here for Christmas. Not just that. By saying it's our first annual Christmas uh, special, hopefully there's a second annual Christmas special. Do which you know what here. episode number this is? I think this is 10. This is 10. And the last one we recorded was November the 1st. Today's November 29th. So that means we've done two episodes this month. So consider this a <laughs> Christmas <laughs> gift to our listeners, Wes. A bonus. Hellmouth Kid. Josh Goes to Hell. Enjoy. Film Fed. Hello. Unwrap now. So anyways, yeah, this is our <laughs> this is our Christmas episode of the podcast. And we're pretty excited because we were actually going to do... Found uh, footage. That's right. Top five found footage. And uh, we got we changed it because uh, a man named Jameson Lucas called me out on Twitter. He put you on blast. He put me on blast with a prom night lyric. That's <laughs> that's right. And uh, what was that lyric? Uh, we had a song about uh, Ben from the original Night of the Living Dead. My brother. And uh, in my opinion, Ben is just such a hard ass. And so there was a part in this song where I would say, Ben, you are so down. And then we would spell out the word down. Right. So Jamie Lucas said he was wanting a Christmas episode from us, but he said that I was not D-O-W-N. So he knew the way to your heart to get you to do this. Mm-hmm. And I said, the people have spoken, people being <laughs> Keegan's friends. And uh, oh, here we might, are. You're not friends with them. Uh, to, you know what? I saw him the other day while I was working. And I, I hope he listens to this. <laughs> It was on Mermot Street. I tried to make eye contact with him. <laughs> he was on his cell phone. Okay. And okay. 
We didn't say hi to each other. Well, hello, Jameson Lucas. Uh, thank you for <laughs> for gloriously suggesting. No, I called him out. That we do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for all the loudness, everybody out there. Uh, so he he asked us to do a Christmas uh, special, and we're going to do that. We're going to do our yes. top five favorite Christmas horror movies, right? And I got to say, I feel like there's not a lot. There's not. I'm pretty sure our lists are going to be hand in hand. Very similar. And I, I kind of want to get that out of the way right now is that I feel like this episode will be more of a celebration of like those films. Sure. More than like a list. It's like, oh, I didn't know that was going to be on his list. Right. No. You're, you guys have probably seen all these films. Right. But we still want to do a list, but it's more so to just talk about Christmas horror movies. So we're excited about that. That'll be, you know, here in a little bit. Yep. Uh, after we finish our what we've been watching. I do want to quickly say Jamison Lucas made our, our art for our podcast, the Ghoul Squad logo. The Hit us the, up if you'd buy a t-shirt. We don't have t-shirts, but we would <laughs> we would love to make them. Yeah. So anyways, uh, thank you, Jamie, for making that. Also, thank you, Andrew Sierra, for your podcast equipment, which, yes. are, which we are still using for free. Yes. Hey, dude, we're 10 episodes deep. He, he can, we're making we, it worthwhile. We can't give them back now. No, it's ours now. I feel like we've paid our dues. So do you want to get to what we've been watching? Sure. Do you want to go first? Sure, I will. Go first. So the most uh, recent Blu-rays that I've bought in that are new. Yes. Uh, Manhattan Baby. From, as you guys should know, my favorite horror film director ever, uh, Lucio Fulci. And it was my first time watching this. And if I'm not wrong, I believe uh, Lizard in a Woman's Skin also came out earlier this year. I believe that was this year. And so that's kind of exciting because I got to see two new Fulci films that right. I had never seen before. And uh, I got to watch them on blue. And if I had to pick between the two of them, you know, they're they're pretty different. Right. Um, I don't even know how I would categorize... Uh, Manhattan Baby, but uh, Lizard in a Woman's Skin is definitely like a, a Jala. Um, so which one did you like better? Manhattan Baby. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. And uh, I kind of felt like everything was there to make it a good Fulci film, mm -hmm. but for some reason it just didn't uh, connect. It didn't get there. It, did, it didn't. It, it was like... Uh, it was like he hit a line drive, but the third baseman caught it. Right. You know, it was like, oh! Ah, you know what I mean? And what's exciting to say is there's a scene in Manhattan Baby that almost rivals the bat scene in House by the Cemetery. Oh, wow. I love so, that scene. So one of my favorite scenes. So that's kind of exciting. Let me yeah. say two things about this. One, Fulci lives. Two, I love that we... <laughs> if anyone accidentally clicked this podcast, it is starting with you talking about two Lucio Fulci movies. Sure. So if you don't know anything about us, now you know a lot about us. Sure. I don't know if Egyptian horror is a thing. <laughs> it is now. I don't know if it's a subgenre, uh, but that's how I, that's what I call Manhattan Baby, an Egyptian horror film, meaning like a curse happens within a pyramid. Right. Um, like mummy horror. I kept hoping for a mummy, and I'll just let you watch it to see what happens. Well, I've never seen it, and I really want to because I you've gotten me into Fulci. I love him now as well. And... Uh, I just want to say I love the alternate title of Manhattan Baby, which is Eye of the Evil Dead. Uh huh. And that's on the reverse heart of that Blu-ray. And uh, that's awesome. You know uh, what I think is awesome? What's that? Is every single Fulci film that I've seen, he's used the same editor. And I oh, can't think okay. of the guy's name off the top of my head. But as soon as I started Manhattan Baby and the credits were rolling, like I instantly recognized Did it. Did it have like it's a... It's like Vincenzo Tomasi or something like that. Vincenzo Natale. Uh, that's a joke because yes. he makes good movies. But... Um, what are you trying to say now? Did it have a, uh, a, a Fulci score, a, a, a Fulci-esque score? Yes. Uh, I, it was also Fabio Frizzi. Oh, Frizzi, awesome. however yeah. you pronounce his name. I think and it's what Frizzi. Was interesting 
was bits from the beyond are in it. And I oh, want to wow. say the beyond came first. Fact check me if you need to. But it was just kind of neat how like... We're in a fact-free world now, by the way. Um, It was like, oh, I'm already like filling this because I recognize that score. Yeah, that's but awesome. But then there was also like, uh, you know, parts of the score I'd never heard. And I was like, dang, this is tight. Like almost like as soon as I put in the disc and the menu started playing like on a loop, I was like, oh my God, I'm already filling this. Yeah, did uh, didn't it come with the the soundtrack CD? It did. It That's did. awesome. And just it was also written by like a dude he would also co-write with, uh, Dardano Scacchetti. If you remember, uh, in uh, We Are Still Here, they are the Scacchettis. Oh, are they? Yeah, I love that movie. We Are Still Here is incredible. Ted Geogagan. Yes. So uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and get our director shoutouts out of the way. Adam Green, Joe Lynch. <laughs> I'm trying to think of more. Yeah, I think those are the guys we always hit on. Well, you always talk about your boy uh, Jim Mickle. Oh, Jim Mickle. There you go. Uh, Apparently, he was going to do a movie with Stallone, and Stallone just left the project. Drop Fessenden. Oh, God. You guys know I love Fessenden. Look, I'm blushing over here. So, if you didn't know what podcast this is, now you know exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. Fulci, Fessenden. There you go. So, that's it for... Horror movie nerds. We're horror movie nerds. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) So, that's Manhattan Baby. Yes. Oh, and then the other one I watched, which was very exciting... I could not wait to get my hands on this was the exorcist three blue from mm-hmm. scream factory. And I love that movie. I think that movie is tremendous, but what was the real draw was the director's cut, uh, known as Legion. And what I wanted was a different story and it completely delivered. Wow. Um, I feel like the majority of the story is intact uh, a well-known fact is he was like forced to tie it into the exorcist. He was forced to reshoot and all that stuff is just gone. That's awesome. Yeah. So it was cool to see what Blatty really wanted and Blatty, <laughs> that man, you're going to be so loud in everybody's ears. He can stage a jump scare and I hope you've stayed away from this. I have, but just a, a few days ago, there was a story that ran on bloody disgusting. Mm-hmm. And, Shout out. And what this man had done, I wish I knew his name so I could give him credit. Uh, he took that jump scare, like that image, uh-huh. and he added it to other films. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun too. Is that at. spoiled on the new cover from Screen Factory? That oh, people were complaining. Yes. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about, but I've never seen it in the movie, so I'm very excited. Yeah, two movies I haven't seen, and I asked you if I should get Manhattan Baby. You said, yeah. It's good, but I wouldn't recommend I, it. That's that's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if you like, so, don't like Fulci, I love like, it. No, no, I'm saying like our listeners. Yeah, don't. All don't all six Fulci. of you out there. Hello. Yeah. Um, I guess there was a a conquistador zombie on on last week's. Walking yeah, I heard Dead. that. That's sick. Yeah, and like that's I thought, so like, tight. You know, I'm not watching Walking Dead. I was gonna say uh, spoilers. We don't, we we don't really care about the Walking Dead. Uh, it l- really looked like him. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know if he has a name, but I say that because they're in the Spanish conquistador uh, yeah. graveyard whenever he And Eric arises. is talking about the zombie from uh, Lucio Fulci's zombie or zombie two or whatever you call right, it. Zombie flesh eaters. Um, so that's awesome. There was a, a basically a Fulci nod in The Walking Dead, which is really sick. Correct. Um, so that's it. That's what you got. That's what I've been watching. What have you been watching? So I saw a new movie by Brian Bertino, which is very exciting to me. Because Brian Bertino directed uh, The Strangers. Correct. In 2008. And it's a movie I love. If you know me, anybody out there, they know that one of my favorite horror movies really ever made is The Strangers. And it's because I find it like really scary. Last time I watched that movie, I checked my windows. 
Yeah, I. Um, That's an effective film. I still think the movie's scary. I, I think just just the idea of being uh, home invaded, but also just like terrorized by the by the house invaders is. Maybe we should lock my door. Right now. <laughs> Continue. Uh, I hope those those dogs stop barking. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. And it's not thundering. I've got some awful dogs next door. Go ahead. So I watched Brian Bertino's new movie, which is very exciting. And it's called The Monster. And that was even more exciting to me because, as you know, Easy and I love monster movies, oh, creature yeah. features, all that type of stuff. Titties. Not sure if that uh, falls into this movie, but... Uh, well, that's that's incredibly exciting. That's a new Bertino film, and I right. can't wait to get my hands on it. Have I told you what my New Year's resolution is? No. To be on top of new horror films. Like, when they drop... I'm going to watch them. Like when Lights Out comes to Carlsbad, New Mexico, Easy's not going to miss it. Exactly. I mean, when, that's insane. When, when, when Phantasm 5 comes out on VOD, I'm going to watch it. Now I'm just going to wait for the blue. But that's my resolution. I'm going to be on top of films. Well, I watched The Monster. I watched it with my brother and his girlfriend. Hello, Ben. Hello, Sabra. They won't listen. Hello, um, I watched it with them, and I just I kind of just showed my brother the trailer. And what it's about is these this mother and daughter. Go ahead. And don't interrupt me again, Eric. It's fine. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, that's great. How did you get Ben to watch it? Because you're always telling me yeah. you have to twist Ben's arm to watch films. Again, Ben is my brother. I got him to watch it by just showing him a piece of the trailer. And and, and again, the movie is about uh, this mother and daughter that, that, at least from the trailer, this mother and daughter that gets stuck out on this um, rural road. They hit a, uh, a wolf, actually. They can't move their car, so they're stuck out in the middle of nowhere on this really rainy, thundery nighttime rural road is it a single location film it kind of okay uh, and i'll kind of explain that and there's a monster maybe there's a monster in the forest in the woods around this car car and so i showed him the trailer and i stopped it at the point where the monster started to show up and he goes i really want to see that and i go do you want to watch it tonight so we rented it from voodoo and my verdict on it was it was very good very very good very solid movie but unfortunately, not like one of the best movies I've seen this year. Um, actually, as it started, I kind of thought maybe it could become like a top five horror movies of the year, top 10 maybe. Uh, it didn't ascend to that, unfortunately, but it's very good. And I would recommend anybody to see it. But I will say the movie is mostly um, like a lot of new newer horror. Uh, it's like what, I, what I've been calling metaphor horror. So it's stuff like Starry Eyes or the Babadook or it follows these kind of indie art house horror movies that are kind of not really about the horror. They're about something else, some other kind of human terror. Um, and what this movie just kind of a small spoiler is it's the movie's mostly about the mom's horrible relationship with her daughter and her not appreciating her daughter. And then when they get caught in this car together, they sort of learn to appreciate each other. That's what the movie's about. Did Bertino write as well? I don't know. I don't think so. You know, you, you bring that up about a mother and daughter kind of disconnecting. And whenever I try to explain the final girls to people, yeah, I always say that first. That it's a film about a mother and a daughter. Right. And that's their kind relationship. of relationship. And I, and I want to put out there first and foremost, I loved the monster because of that. I thought that was the best part of the movie. The monster stuff and the scary, spooky, jumpy stuff is good, but it doesn't reach a great level. So I think like the movie uh, really, really excels in like it's in its mother and daughter relationship, which is what the film is actually about. Um, but it doesn't do the monster and the scary stuff as well as I would have hoped. But I thought it was great. I mean, I, th- I would recommend if that sounded cool to you, the fact that it's like a metaphor. I, I, I don't want to 
say too much, but you know, who are the real monsters? Is it the monster outside or the monsters in the car? That's what the movie is. Is it the cannibals or is it us? Who are the real zombies? The consumers or the animals? Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. No, so like, I, I hate to sort of sound down on it. I was just very, very hyped for it and it was really good. And if that sounds cool to you, like if you like this new kind of wave of indie art house stuff, um, I even asked, <laughs> I tweeted Brian Collins. I said, what's that genre that everybody, what's the name for the genre right now? And he said, Death Wave. Yes. And I actually asked him, I said, what's that like cheeky title? Because everybody kind of poo-poos that. But if you, it's kind of Death Wave. That's kind of what it is. But not as good as the Death Wave films that we're calling that. So, Indie Art House Horror, The Monster, I thought it was really good. And it was put out by A24. Which is exciting. Yeah. So They have a solid lineup. I hope it gets a Blu-ray release because I want to pick it up. Um, so I liked it enough. So anyways, if any of that sounded good, I'm going on too long about it. Check that one out. The Monster. Everything else I'm going to go kind of quickly through. I've got a movie that is hated right now in the genre. And sure. Oh. I went and saw uh, this new movie, Shut In, which is this uh, Naomi Watts movie that's about... Naomi Watts lives up in this secluded house like up in the snow and her son got in a car wreck, and her son is, um, what would you call it? Paraplegic? Paraplegic, but also unconscious? I don't know what you call it. He's in a coma? Basically, but like he's awake, but he's not. Uh, let's just say he's in a coma. And so she, the movie's about Naomi Watts like taking care of her son. Is he astro-projecting? Unfortunately not. Okay. So taking care of her son in this, in this remote location. And it had a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes when mm-hmm. I went to see it. I thought it was totally fine. The movie is not good, okay? But I didn't laugh at it ever. I didn't right. I didn't think it was like, holy crap, that was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Did anybody interesting like uh, help make it? I honestly have no idea. I don't okay. know anything about the movie. I am a huge fan of Naomi Watts. I like love her. She was in, uh, obviously, the Funny Games remake, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, of course, Mulholland Drive and The Ring and everything. But I'm a big fan of Naomi Watts, and so I liked her in it. I just thought it was a cool, fine movie. It was not good. Let me just say that. Okay. But I think the idea that it has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes is kind of crazy. Like, I think Ouija is a worse movie than Shut It, the first Ouija film. So, oh, like, I that's. you're talking about the second one for a minute. But that's the level we're talking, that kind of not good. But still, I thought it was fine. Right. So, I don't know. Don't be too afraid to watch Shut It. It's not a good movie, but it's it's a fine horror movie. So that's shut in. And then I just want to talk about uh, Arrow put out Chud on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. And Chud's one of my favorite movies of all time. And this Blu-ray that Arrow put out is just absolutely incredible. Like I can't, I was just telling Eric he needs to get it. Like it's, it's a gorgeous looking transfer. The packaging's amazing. The reverse art is the original poster art of the Chud coming out of the sewer. Um, it, it's in an Arrow, you know, clear case. So it looks tight. Uh, the movie is still so good to me. I love the movie. Like I love unabashedly love Chud. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And like, I, I just want to emphasize how good Chud looks on Blu-ray. Like this is a movie that looked horrible for years on, of course, VHS, but I saw it on the anchor Bay DVD from like 2004 and it looked terrible on that DVD. And then image put it out in 2011 on DVD and it looked pretty terrible. This Blu-ray is a new 2k scan of the original negative, you know, and, if that sounds cool to you, check out that Chud Blu-ray. Everybody just go buy it. It's so awesome. Such a good movie. And it looks incredible on Blu-ray. So that's Chud from Arrow. I also got Chud 2, Bud the Chud from Vestron video and loved it. It's not a good movie.
So number one, buy Chud on Blu-ray. And number two, don't do buy. not buy Chud too. I don't. Th- I've never seen Bud the Chud. But I would buy personally. I bu- I would buy Bud the Chud just based on let's, the title. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Let's get down to what's important here. Okay. If you gotta pit them against each other, which one do you like more? Do you like Bub the zombie <laughs> or Bud the Chud? Bub would win in a fight against Bud the Chud. <laughs> But Bud the Chud is just really fun. Okay. He's he like this guy is like wearing sunglasses by the end of the movie nice. and like dancing. Oh, so he it's like turns awesome. into like Freddy Krueger, Bugs Bunny. You know what I would say? Freddy's dead. I picture riding a the broomstick. dad from Pet Cemetery Two. You okay. know how when he turns dead, he's all like weird. Mm-hmm. Picture that. That's Bud the Chud. Okay. Um, it's all, I like the movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, but, can I borrow it or? No. No. You, you never want to borrow anything. I always ask you, oh, I don't want to borrow it. Well, no, I got one I want to watch. Chud too, Bud the Chud. I guess you want to. Sounds fun. It's a $25 Blu-ray, so no wonder you want to borrow it. But please, everybody go out and buy that Arrow Blu-ray Chud. I bought it myself. We're not. I wish we were being paid by Arrow, but we're not. Um, Arrow, send us Blu-rays. Hello. So that is... What you've been watching. Of what we've been watching. Now I think it's time for some shout outs. Yes. First two are real simple. Alone in the Dark Podcast said they would be listening to our next podcast. So hello, Alone in the Dark Podcast. You guys hello. are you guys are very good to us on Instagram. Also, Josh goes to hell. He just simply said he couldn't wait for the next episode. He I went back and forth with him about Shudder, actually. He was recommending us Shudder, which I have. So thank you, Josh Goes to Hell. I have Shudder. And I agree with you. It's awesome. And then I asked them. Uh, what were their favorite Christmas films? And I got some interesting responses. So the first one is from Wes Yervy. Hello, Wes. Okay. And it says, uh, his answer was, I want to say Black Christmas is his favorite. The OG? Because it's probably the best Christmas horror film. But I think Jack Frost might be my favorite because I saw it when I was a kid and loved it. You know, I rewatched Jack Frost. Okay. Maybe within the last six months to a year. And man, that's not a good movie. I have to say, I have Jack Frost pre-ordered from Vinegar Syndrome, and I'm a little worried about what you just said. I I completely feel Wes for saying, you know, he watched it when he was young. But man, dude, Jack Frost sucks. (laughs) (laughs) So so thank you, Wes. Yes. Um, And then Andrew, my buddy Andrew, who we actually use his audio equipment to this minute. Thank you, Andrew. uh, I asked him what his favorite Christmas horror movie was, and he just said, he, he looked at me and just kind of said... Hunched his shoulders and exclaimed, Gremlins. And happy I, late birthday, Joe Dante. I actually got uh, a full top five list from Hellmouth Kid. Nice. Our boy, Hellmouth Kid, coming through. Hellmouth Kid. He, his, first, he's, his name is actually Adam, and I don't know how to say his last name. Okay. He's a very difficult last name. But Hellmouth, if we do make t shirts, he's getting a free one. Absolutely. We're not getting free ones, <laughs> <laughs> but Hellmouth Kid is. So anyways, uh, uh, he sent us his top five. So his number, these are his Christmas horror films. Lay on me. Number five is Scent, which I believe. I don't think I've seen. I know what you're talking yeah, about, though. I've never seen it either, and I always saw that cover. I remember me too. in 2011, I saw that cover everywhere. Yeah. have not seen it. His number five is Scent. His number four is Rare Exports. His number three is Silent Night, Deadly Night. His number two is Black Christmas from 1974. And his number one, Christmas Evil. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, so I don't think we want to talk about them just yet because some okay. of those are a little... We're going to talk about them. Yes, yes. But yeah, that's Hellmouth Kids List. Thanks, buddy. Adam. Cool. And I think we're ready to get into the topic of our favorite Christmas <laughs> horror films. 
Now it's time for our top five favorite Christmas horror movies. Or should I say, first annual Ghoul Squad the Christmas Spettle. Squad. Spettle. 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 Play the music. So like last episode, uh, I've got... This one's shorter than last. Can I say what it is? I already know. Go ahead. Christmas horror films I'd like to see. Yes. Number one, <laughs> talking to <them>. elves. <laughs> I've always seen... I don't know if it's the cover art. I don't know if it's just a still from the film. Uh-huh. It's like this creepy looking, I guess, monster elf in a Santa hat. It's always caught my attention. And number two, which makes me want to see it even more, is Christmas Evil. Yeah. Since uh, Hellmouth Kid just said it was his number one. Is it? It's a slasher, right? I believe it has something to do with John Waters, right? I, You're lying. Christmas Evil is a movie that I saw uh, when I first started like getting into getting horror into? in a long time ago. I've say. never seen like that DVD at Hastings. Me too, and I I, I saw it. Do you I, have it? No, I actually ordered it from Amazon because I'm like I haven't seen it in so long. Unfortunately, I didn't get to rewatch it for this episode. I've seen Christmas Evil. I do not remember it at all. Interesting. So, I know it's great. By the way, everybody out there, yes, we know Christmas Evil is great. And I, I just, I I've haven't seen, seen it. it. So I, I ordered it. I cannot wait to rewatch it. So there you go. Cool. Will you shoot that one my way? No. <sighs> uh, Easy's not getting anything shot his way, but a gun. Yeah. I don't like that voice. I think you're kind of weird doing that. <laughs> you think that's going to scare girls away? Not that girls are listening, but hello, Easy's here. <laughs> we are still here. We are still here. So, does Easy have any honorable mentions? No. Okay. Does Easy have any arbitrary exclusions? Nope. Everything was free game because because there's only like 15 Christmas horror movies. I, I think there's only like 10. But yeah, uh, I agree. So let's start with before our honorable mentions. What makes a good Christmas horror movie? I almost feel like it's it, they they have a sense of leeway because Christmas is already fun in general. I agree. So it's like, wait, you're gonna have a guy dressed as Santa Claus killing people? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Let's watch that. Also, not to diminish these films, but there's so little Christmas horror movies that I don't think there's any specific thing to point out. They all are just uh, there's only so many, so they're they're the ones that are good are are like. You know they're going to make our list because there's not that many, right? Um, so there's no specific thing to point out why they're so good. I think that is a great example. Like a guy dressed as Santa hacking people. Hey, count me in on that. Um, you know what? I just saw today. There's a new Christmas horror film coming out. Already forgot the title. But that's just, but that's exciting that there's a new one coming to DVD. Definitely. I did look that up for a sec. You keep talking. Okay. Yeah, I just think a Christmas horror, a good Christmas horror movie is really difficult to define because there's just not that many. But I think you may have hit on it. It's just that Christmas is already so fun. I think maybe it's the imagery and the setting of Christmas. We like so much. Right, that snowy setting. Exactly. I like, I want to be there so bad that like it, it, just throw blood on that snow or just throw, you know, elves or, or evil Christmas cookies, or Krampus into the mix, or uh, it sounds like I'm describing a specific movie, doesn't it? When those kids are sledding in Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yes. I want to be sledding too. Me too. So, yeah, I think that, that, that kind of sums it up. Secret Santa. That's that new movie? Yeah, so I'm no, I don't know anything about it. I assume it's a slasher. 
But hey, let's get on the ball with Secret Santa. Well, I have to say, last year there was a movie called A Christmas... What was that movie called? We'll get to that. Okay. I did not see that, so I really want to check that out. I think it's time to just get on get on to it and start with our honorable mentions. Sure. Do you want to go first? You want me to give you all of them or just one? Just one. All right. Uh, my first one is called Don't Open Until Christmas. Um, I did a fantastic job last year of seeking out Christmas horror films. Like, I made sure to surround you by watched, December. Is it was To All a Good Night, right? What is that movie called? Mm. With the blue cover? Oh, yeah. I don't know that film. I thought you saw it last year. Nope. Well, this uh, is pointless. Please proceed. But this is one that I did see last year. Okay. Uh, don't open till Christmas. Uh, it takes place in London where there's a uh, somebody's killing anybody who's dressed as Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. They themselves are not dressed by Santa Claus. And what won me over was one of the dudes who like produced pieces, produced it, and like that's pro- and that's plastered you yeah. on the cover, you know. I want to say his name is Dick Randall, maybe. And what's also exciting is the dude who plays the dean in pieces directed and stars in this. And I was hoping for an equally sleazy, violent, oh, fun yeah. time like pieces. And while it doesn't reach the heights of pieces, uh, it's definitely a fun Christmas slasher. And I, I like how it, and I love how it just like barely just switches the idea, you know, of, yeah. okay, we're not going to have a guy dressed as Santa Claus. We're going to have him killing guys dressed as Santa Claus. No, that sounds awesome. And I want to see that. The title plays in greatly to the climax of the film. So well, it's good stuff. Do you own this? I do. Oh, wow. And, you know, maybe you could borrow it. If <laughs> but it's on DVD, so Kiki don't like DVDs. Well, you know what? I don't know if it has a blue. It doesn't because I would It has a great it. red case, though. All Christmas films. And all we care about is packaging. Needs Need to be in red cases. Absolutely. Right, exactly. Or white. So give me an honorable mention of yours, Edwin Pardum. An honorable mention from me is a stupid movie called Santa Slay. No, that's on my list as well. Yeah, this is Bill, Bill Goldberg. Bill Goldberg is yes. like a crazed Santa, and it's well, awesome. Yeah, so he you learned Santa was originally evil. Yes. And he like lost a bet to an angel, and for years he had to be good. Yep. And that's the Santa we know, but now like the bet is off or whatever, and Santa can go back to being evil. I would love for this movie, Santa Slay, to get a Blu-ray release. Absolutely. I don't think it will ever happen because I don't think anybody cares about it. But yeah, Santa Slay, honorable mention. Yeah. What's one of yours? Another one I got. I feel like this is kind of a given. Okay. Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Okay. Obviously for the wacky stuff with the little brother, uh, Ricky. We should uh, say, you're wearing a Garbage Day t-shirt. I am. I'm, I'm rocking a Ricky Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 and, t-shirt right now. And for um, context, I'm wearing a Krampus t-shirt. And they're both Fright Rags, right? They are. Oh, wow. Hello, Um, Fright Rags. Send us free t-shirts. Yes. Arrow, Fright Rags. Call us right away, please. (laughs) Yeah. We know you're looking for advertising. Um, You know, I've never seen three, four, and five. Uh, I've always wanted... One of them is called The Toy Maker. That's five. And it sounds just like Halloween 3. I want to see it so bad. It's about a toy maker who makes toys to kill kids on Christmas, which sounds fantastic. It could be be mildly good, and I would be stoked. Uh, Four was directed by Brian Yesna. Did you know that? I did not. And uh, Bill Mosley's in three. He plays Ricky. When are we going to get on? We should we should find them on DVD and do a... Uh, I'm not down for a triple feature, but maybe one of them. Well, a double feature. Um, what's I remember also at Hastings was I'd always see that set. Me too, yeah. It was always there. And it was man. like Santa Claus with his back turned with holding a knife behind yes. him. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. I wish I didn't sleep <clears throat> on those films. Yeah, he's, he's always sleeping. I'm always in bed. 
<laughs> so, uh, okay, you said Silent Night, Deadly Night too. Right. I absolutely agree. It's not on my list. It's an honorable mention for me. Part of it is that, that the movie really isn't its own movie. Exactly. Uh, it's know, like 45 minutes of part one. I know that, I know that like there's big fans of it out there, so I am not at all shitting on it by any means, but it's, it's not really its own movie. It's only about 45 minutes of its own movie and the rest is it retelling the first movie, I, but it's awesome. It's not I, retelling. It's straight scenes. Yeah. Uh, it actually just shows all the best parts of Silent Night, Deadly Night. So I absolutely agree. Part two is awesome. It's just not going to be on my list because uh, you'll see. So and my last honorable mention. No, let me go first. Okay. No, not first, but let me go. Okay. I have another honorable mention, and it's called Silent Night, the remake. Okay. The remake is awesome. It it it's not really a remake, really even of Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's more like just the name because it has more story. Right. And uh, the movie's just awesome. It's a, you know, that was, I remember when that came out, I was very excited because it was like a new Christmas horror movie that had some money spent on it. And it was Stephen C. Miller. Exactly. And and it's awesome. I guess we're never getting the Automaton Transfusion trilogy completed. Let's not ever bring that up. Do you think anybody out there knows what that is? Like Automaton Transfusion? Yeah. Automaton Transfusion was a movie that was put out by Dimension Dimension Extreme. Extreme. And that label no longer exists. That there was supposed to be a trilogy of that those films. It, it was never came it out. was it was planned and shot as a trilogy. So the yeah. end to part one isn't an end. Yeah, it's a cliffhanger, which is terrible. But enough about Dimension Extreme. We're talking about the Silent Night remake. Next episode, our top five favorite Dimension Extreme films. And number one is Broken. Two, Rogue, Rogue. Three, um, Eden Lake. Uh, four. Diary of the Dead. I got five. Black Sheep. Solid lineup. You're so loud. <laughs> Silent Night Remake's awesome. Not really a remake, just more in the name. But A Killer Santa is always awesome. Silent Night Remake, awesome. And he also wears like a creepy, mention. like clear mask. Yeah, that is really weird. So what he is he uses a flamethrower? Your final honorable mention. My final honorable mention. You brought it up just a little while ago. A Christmas horror story. Yep. It is an anthology from last year. And it doesn't really have like a wraparound theme like some anthologies do. It's like each story is independent of each other. Um, But I remember really digging it. Uh, There's one segment where this kid is like kidnapped. And when he returns, he might not be the same kid. And I remember it got to a point where I was like, I may need to turn this off. Because it was, you know, I'm sitting at home alone um, watching it. It's creeping me out. Really? Yeah, I mean, it actually scared you. It legitimately, I didn't. Yeah, it bothered me a yeah. tad. Wow. Um, but what's most well, it's exciting? Just not, not very often, so that's cool. Sure. Um, the very last segment, uh, and I will keep this spoiler free, deals with Santa fighting off Krampus and his minions at the North Pole. Okay. But when there's like this reveal, it was just like, damn, that's tight. Well, it's one I wanted to see, and I, I actually initially thought that was like an asylum film. It looks like that cover with yeah. like Krampus all big, like with a chain or something. And it has like a horrible title, A Christmas Horror Story. That is a bad like, title. It almost seems like Walmart made them change the title to put that on their shelf. Didn't they? I, I think they did. Yeah, it was like in Walmart, it was like sold uh-huh. as like a holiday horror a holiday story. Horror. So it almost seemed like the original title was also like a fake title. I guess it was just a slip cover though, like yeah. whenever you took off the slip cover. Yeah. And then, you know, in the actual film itself, it said a Christmas horror story. Remember when Blockbuster and Walmart used to do that? I remember they did that with... Uh, Dude, I bought the R-rated cut of Wizard of Gore. You're stupid. And I uh, like... Another... Di- we, this is a Dimension Extreme episode. It is. Uh, and 
you know, I really, really like Eden Lake though. Yeah. Like it's legitimately good. And I like, I set out to like find the unrated cut and like yeah. there wasn't a huge difference. Well, are you ready for this? Okay. My final honorable mention good. is a Dimension Extreme film. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Well, this is a great, great Dimension Extreme film. Well, it's their best. I mean, they didn't make it, but yeah. Yeah, it's the best one they put out, you period. You to do it now? I know what it is. Go ahead. So it's not- I can't believe I didn't think of this. A Christmas movie, but this is almost my number five because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. The only reason it's not is because it's it takes place on Christmas. It's not exactly a Christmas movie. It is Inside. You know, I didn't even, I didn't even think to consider Inside. Yeah, and this is- uh, part of the new French extremism wave in the 2000s, late 2000s, okay. uh, 2007 or whatever. Uh, this came out alongside Martyrs and Frontiers and all these... Uh, the Hills Have Eyes remake. The Hills Have Eyes remake. And Inside's one of my favorite movies of all time. I would kill for somebody to put this out on Blu-ray in the US. Unfortunately, Man, dude, that face you just made. I, I would kill for it. I'm sorry. Uh, Inside's one of my favorite movies of all time. It takes place on Christmas. If you don't know it, it's a home invasion film of a pregnant woman alone at home on Christmas Eve. And she is invaded by someone that wants to get into her house and also probably wants her baby. And we don't know why. And wants to get into her. Uh, hard hitting question, but not how you think. Round two. You're next or inside? Inside. Inside's Dang, one of my favorite movies King of all time. He didn't even think about it. Not even think about he it. He just dropped an answer ASAP. I would kill for a Blu-ray of Inside. Dang, I don't know what I'd choose. I'd have to ponder. You like, uh, I mean, I love Your Next, but you like it that much? I like Your Next a lot. Yeah, me too. Because my dude Fessa didn't be in it. <laughs> so loud. So uh, Inside, not exactly a Christmas movie. It does take place on Christmas Eve. There are Christmas lights everywhere. Inside, one of the best movies of all time. If you have not seen Inside, please uh don't eat while you're watching it don't watch it with your girlfriend but check out inside it's one of the best ever it's real good do you so, have any other honorable mentions because no, i don't I'm, I'm done i'm done i think our lists are going to be the exact same they probably are all you're right a filthy scoundrel let's do it Who okay wants to go first i'll go first number five and it's a film we've already talked about and i had a tough time deciding did i want this at four did I want this at number five? And I decided to put it at five. And it is, Kiki got his finger up. Fingers up because I have to preface here. This is our top five favorite Christmas horror films. And yes. Easy's number five. <laughs> this is uh, one third of all Christmas horror films that are out there. Yes, but we just want to talk about number them. five, yes, <laughs> is the Silent Night uh, remake. Yes. And um, another thing that I like about the Jamie film. Jamie King. And Malcolm McDowell. Yes. 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 Um, you know, the the original Silent Night, Deadly Night is got that nasty streak to it. And I felt like they did a, an honorable job of trying to reach that uh, that mean-spiritedness. Uh, just for example, there's like a part where he's like chasing. I think they're like filming a porn or something. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and this like girl like jumps out of the window. So she's like, she can't really want, she's like crawling away or something. He's like maimed her in some way. And then he throws her in a wood chipper. The fact that Easy's getting <laughs> that worked up over it. Yeah, I just, uh, I, yeah, you know, it's just awesome. No, the, I already said this. I love this. And she's like remake. running through like, uh, it's like a Christmas tree it's a, it's, sales lot. Yes, yes. It's <laughs> yeah, awesome. That's so good. And so that's why the wood chipper is there. Yes. When yeah. I, I remember I watched the Blu-ray of this movie when it first came out and it ha I watched the special features on it. They shot it. They went to go shoot it in... Um, December and there was snow everywhere and apparently like four days into the shoot all the snow was gone and it was warm out so the, apparently with this Silent Night remake they they had to like 
they it was very cheap because it's a cheap horror movie. They didn't have a whole lot of money, so they had to like shoot upwards for the almost the entire movie because oh, they didn't have enough snow, snow to put on the ground. They only had enough for certain scenes. Right. So a lot of movies shot up so you don't see the oh, ground. And the lighting is awesome. Like at the end it takes place in a gel and it's like red yeah. and green and you know Christmas colors. Yeah. Um yeah. Not 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 very often do we get a new Christmas horror movie that embraces the fact that it's Christmas? And I think that is why this one is so cool is because it's just like, hey, this is a Christmas horror movie. I love that. Right. And and I mentioned uh, you said it was loose, and I said the story's a little different. Uh, it's more of like a revenge film than how in the original Billy just goes crazy. Yes. Allow me to backstep just a tad. Sure. Backstep. Back Let me backstep. Another thing that I enjoy that's horror-related in Christmas is the Holliston Christmas episode. We've re- now that? reached our Adam Green quota. Yeah. It's real good. So give me your number five. <laughs> so my number five, I, I, I honestly believe that our next four films are going to be the exact same. But my number five, you haven't talked about, doesn't sound like you're going to. My number five favorite Christmas horror film is Rare Exports. You know what? I've seen it, but okay. just, it's been so long and I can't talk on it. Rare Exports is awesome. It's it's It was the first time for me, and I can't remember. Norwegian? What, yeah, I was just going to say, I can't remember what country of origin it is. I believe it's Norwegian, nor, it's, it's a Norwegian film. And... It was the first time I had ever really f- seen a Krampus film or a movie. Because okay. you know how Krampus has always been around, but he's been lurking in the shadows. No, a lot of people never really started talking to him about him until uh, four or five years ago. First time I ever heard of him was, was Rare Exports. You know, I remember seeing an interview with Michael Doherty last year. And uh-huh. he was talking about how, like, he, like, jumped on Krampus because, like, it was like, oh, crap, other people are going to make... Somebody's going to do it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So he was like, I better get on it now. Yeah, and, and Rare Exports is just such a cool idea. It's about this kid that all of a sudden discovers, like, there's this Santa person who he thinks is, like, an evil Santa in the ice. And they end up digging him up, and they, they have him chained up. And you think the whole movie, and I remember seeing it the day I saw it, you think he is the bad Santa. He is the evil Santa. They make him seem like he's the the bad guy in this film. Mm-hmm. He's actually, well, never mind. Maybe I shouldn't spoil it. Um, but there's some cool reveals in the movie, and then there's a big bad at the end who is not those that Santa. And it's uh, safe to say it's a Krampus film. And Rare Exports is awesome. I, another thing I love about the movie is its world building. I remember like it has all these like symbols and signs for like, uh, uh, warning Santa on board or warning right. like elf or something like it was world building this idea that like Christmas is a real thing that like we have to take care of like these creatures and stuff. And I love that. I, Rare exports is awesome. If you haven't seen it, like this is one you need to see if you like Christmas horror movies. I agree. This is absolutely essential. Uh, Rare exports is awesome. So that's my number five. And I was kind of excited to put it on there cause it's kind of recent. So yeah, Rare exports number five. It's awesome. What is Eric Hoff's Easy is number four. My number four. And this is a film that I think people are finally coming around to. Uh, the Black Christmas remake. Uh, wow, okay. Black Xmas. And kind of the same thing that got me excited about the Silent Night remake is it has that nasty. It is so mean-spirited. It is. There's like a part beyond mean-spirited. Where a man makes Christmas cookies. Out of skin. 
Yes, and I have to say real quick, you're probably t- you have to be talking about the unrated edition on DVD. I assume that's what I watched last. Yeah, time. because uh, the theatrical cut is actually not that gross. Oh, okay. The, the unrated cut is disgusting of this Black Christmas remake. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was also a film that I, I seeked out and watched uh, last year, and um, I guess I appreciate that it definitely doesn't keep the tone. Of the original, no, no, but they keep some ideas, and then they introduce brand new ones. You know, so you're not just in for uh, like an updated version; you're in for a new version. Yeah, yeah. They really go into Billy's backstory. Yes, and like a lot of the film is actually his his flashbacks. Of and him. in in the original, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, go ahead. You get nothing on Billy, right? Exactly. But that also is kind of what makes Billy tight, which is also what Halloween is, which is kind of a loose remake of Black Christmas. Now we're saying tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, what, do you like the black? Uh, I love the black Christmas, Christmas remake. Uh, remake and, it, and it's funny to say that because I can already hear in my head, like, you can't say you love the black Christmas remake. That's a blue I want. Because nobody, nobody likes it. It's actually not out in the U.S. You're there's, lying. There's a Canadian Blu-ray of it. And that's I know that's weird to know, but I do know that. Did D- Dimension put out black Christmas yeah. or am I wrong? Yeah, Dimension put it out. But yeah, the Black Christmas remake is awesome. I yeah. actually rewatched it last year on Christmas Eve. Nice. <laughs> just because it was available to me. Um, and uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's, a, it's really it's good. It's still really good. It's not as good as I remember because I actually liked it more uh, like yeah, in 2008 yeah. when it came out. Would you say that that was part of like... Uh, Torture porn era. Yes. Yeah, it was yeah, very... Yeah, yeah. It came out during the very extreme gore phase of like American cinema, which Can is... Can we go back to that, please? I was just going to say, which is shocking to have to say that there was an extreme gore era of American horror that we're just really... I don't know if we'll ever get back to. Right. Uh, most people don't want to because they think... They always think of the torture porn. We're not even talking about that. We're like Hills Have Eyes remake gore. Right. So Black Christmas remakes your number four? My number four. So what is your four, Doc? My number four is a movie that uh, it's probably going to be on your list because you haven't spoken about it yet. So it's going to get awkward from here on out. Uh, my number four is Krampus, which came out All last right. which came out last year, and this is Michael Doherty's uh, Christmas uh, holiday movie. And you know, as as I'm sure everyone out there is aware, Michael Doherty did Trick or Treat, and uh, Legendary and Universal kind of tapped him to do it again with uh, not an anthology, of course, but the holiday horror with uh, Krampus last year and um it's just awesome it's it's so christmas oriented there's so many different stupid christmas things in the movie that uh you you almost think it's like oh it's krampus there's gonna be a krampus uh monster right Mm -hmm. no there's like evil snowmen there's there's evil toys (laughs) evil demonic toys there's uh evil uh gingerbread men there's there's so many different um the weather plays the weather's effect awesome in the film. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure you're probably going to talk about it later. So I'll just I'll just say for me, it's just such an awesome exploration of like pretty much anything you can think of with with Christmas right. being. Uh, I think you put it best on one of our previous episodes. You said it was like, how can we make anything that exists in the Christmas lexicon scary? Right. Because I, I think there's even like uh, a kid gets pulled through the chimney. Yes. Uh, so anyways, uh, Krampus is awesome. It, also, it has like a great cast and a mm-hmm. pretty good story, but I do have to say that it lacks in that department of like the actual, what the movie actually is and like who, how the movie actually plays along. I would say the screenplay, but in terms of like gags and everything, it's top notch. One of my favorites. Number four, Krampus. 
Good pick. So what is Easy's number three? My number three is the original Black Christmas. Okay. Which my number three is the original Black Christmas. All right. Well, we can speak together then. Please, which which has a new uh, Scream Factory blue. Yes. Um, I guess what I like so much about the original Black Christmas is, I don't know, it's like scary. It's genuinely creepy. Specifically, like whenever he calls them yes. on the phone, like the voices yes. that he's making. It's awesome how it's like from Billy's point of view. Yep, POV. Yeah, a lot of this stuff. Yeah, um, and it, it kind of has that uh, uh, when a stranger calls aspect to the movie, mm-hmm. like um, the phone calls part of it. I guess I would just say like the mysteriousness of the killer is really appealing to me. I One of my favorite movies of all time is obviously Halloween. And Michael Myers, of course, we know today is like all these other things. Like sure. he's Laurie's sister and all this stuff. He's a member of the Cult of Thorn. <laughs> let's not uh, let's not get into that. Yeah. Um, but in the original film, he's just a, a terrifying. He's the shape. He's a terrifying figure that just wants to kill you. Yeah, and that's it. And I I'm not. I wouldn't say that Black Christmas has that exactly, but it certainly has that. That like it doesn't matter why we want to kill you. You just and that, that's scarier to me than learning somebody's entire backstory and everything. Kind of like you were saying about the remake. We get to know everything about the killer right. in, in the remake. And I, I love that about uh, Black Christmas. I mean, everyone out there probably loves Black Christmas. So we're kind of just saying, you know, we're telling everybody how good a movie is. They already know it's good. Know exactly. But yeah, I mean, it's just, um, I think on most people's list, it would be their number one. But my my, my one and two are, are kind of near and dear to me. But okay. yeah, Black Christmas is just an essential I mean, an essential, if you're a horror fan around Christmas, Black Christmas. I mean, it's essential. So just (laughs) one of the best, uh, absolutely essential Christmas horror movies of all time. Would you call it the essential Christmas horror film? You know, I probably would because the other two that I have here aren't exactly. Yeah, I would say that one's probably the. um, Isn't it? God, what's his name? The director. Um, You know, I don't know his name, but he did. Bob Clark. Bob Clark, who did Christmas Story. Yes, and one of my favorite movies of all time. How wild is it that he hit it out of the park twice? Yeah, with two Christmas. You like that movie too? I, mean, I, I love a Christmas. Movie. Okay, because it's uh, my favorite Christmas movie that is non-horror related is A Christmas Story. You're not going Which Home I, Alone. I am not going Home Alone. I I love Home Alone, but I feel and everybody always says like Elf and all these weird well, things. You know what I love? JTT's I'll Be Home for Christmas. I wore out that VHS tape. Duh. I think you just made Wes very happy. You're talking about Justin Timberlake. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I got it totally wrong. <laughs> I'm going to leave that in because that's hilarious. But um, uh, I was going to say something else. But anyways, another Christmas movie I love that has nothing to do with horror is uh, Jingle All the Way with oh, the yeah. Turbo Man. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Yes. Good stuff. Yeah, fantastic. So that's Black Christmas. We kind of talked about it a lot with the remake, so we hope that we spoke about it enough. But one of the best movies ever. I think let's just do your number two. What is your number two favorite horror Christmas? Well, this is another one that we've already talked about is Krampus. And I literally feel like it gets better every single time I watch it. I have to tell you, I haven't seen it since last holiday season. I have the... I'm, cannot wait to rewatch this movie. Don't you have it this. autographed by the cast and crew? I do have it autographed by Michael Doherty. Very exciting. Um, go ahead. What I like about it is it's just so darn silly. And you kind of said like you feel like there's not much there in terms of story. But I kind of bought into the whole like, I just want Christmas to be like how it used to be. And I hate that it's not anymore. Sure. And I love how, I guess in true Krampus fashion, then I'm going to punish you <laughs> for that. 
No, I love that from a simple, just from an idea standpoint. I was just saying that the, the act, when it actually comes down to like the dialogue and the way the kids act and everybody acts, I think all the actors are good. Mm-hmm. I just don't think the screenplay is great, but I love Krampus. So yeah. I agree. Evil snowmen. Evil snowmen. You know, um, you see them out in the yard. Yes. And more and more of them keep coming. Yes. And I just wanted them so much to have more of a position of power. In the yeah, film. me too. Oh, and another thing is the creature effects. Or excuse me, the creature design. They all look so cool. 100%, they all look yeah. so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I would just say there's... Um, I specifically remember a big, big scene outside when they try to leave. Like she, a uh, girl gets stuck under a truck or something. Um, very, uh, pretty scary moments in that. And then also when you see the Krampus creature on top of the house, he's yeah, like and he's jumping. Running. Um, it's not really a spoiler to say, I mean, you see the Krampus creature a couple times. He's like jumping over the roofs. That's actually like creepy looking. Yeah. Like I know it's supposed to be fun, but it actually is like, Oh, that's kind of scary. Like I'd be terrified if I saw that in the snow. I feel like Michael Doherty put out a new Christmas horror film and it's already yeah, one of the best. I'm going to watch this annually. I remember when it ended, I looked over to my brother and I said, well, I hope that has a good slip cover because I'm buying that day one. Right. I remember that. So, yeah, very exciting. And then it came out in July. Yeah. And did you see they re-released it? In a board? white cover. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <coughs> no new slip, though. Because, you know, he, Kigi likes his slip covers. Kigi likes his slips. A little too much. So, uh, that's your number... That's my number two. two. So, give me your two, Doug. Well, I'm a little afraid because I, ne- I haven't heard... A film come out of your mouth, but let's just keep going. Okay. And my number two is a movie I think you're about to talk about, and it is Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yes, sir. And this is, okay, if it were not for my number one film, which Easy told me I had to include. This, I didn't say you had to. Well, I think you're right. You but, asked me if you should include. We'll get to that one. But the this would be my number one, okay. except for one of my top ten movies of my life is my number one. So anyways, my number two, Silent Night, Deadly Night. This, when when when, when it gets close to Christmas, I talk to my brother. I'm like, oh, we should watch a Christmas horror movie. It's Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh, yeah. Time. I cannot speak enough about this movie. Every time I see it, you know how like you think you love a movie, you watch it, and you're like, oh, that was good, but it was boring. Or it got, I got, I'm like, oh, it wasn't as good as I thought, but I still love it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Dude, Silent Night, Deadly Night, every time I've seen it, it's the best movie ever. I love how mean spirited is like you were kind of already saying. I love just watching him walk around as Santa and just hitting people in the head with walking down the highway. <laughs> and when a car comes, dropping down into a ditch so he won't get spotted. Yes. And uh, there's also this great kill of him putting this woman, this naked woman. Impaling this impaling woman. Impaling this naked woman on it on antlers that are on the wall of a of a dead deer. Yes. What do you what do you call those dead heads? I don't know. This is just one of the best ever. There's this incredible scene at the end where he walks up to his, what is it, like a nunnery? I don't Mother know. Mother Superior. Mother Superior. He grew up in an orphanage. He hits w- with his axe. He hits <laughs> <laughs> He hits the snowman that the kids just finished building and smacks the head off because he basically fucked Christmas, right. this kid. And um, I won't say exactly what happens at the end, but it's just amazing. Thank you. A horrible Christmas tragedy happens in front of these children. And as you probably know from the podcast, I love children in peril. I wouldn't exactly say this is them in peril, but it's them certainly upset. There's a moment of it. Yes. And I just, it's just one of the best ever. There's also great scenes in the, in the um, toy store that he works at. And I love, cause you get like the Christmas vibe from the toy store, yep. which is a perfect place to put out 
Um, hell, they go to a toy store in uh, in a Christmas story. That's a great place to like set you in the Christmas mood because everybody remembers that being a kid. Sure. It's just the quintessential Christmas horror movie. I'm going to stop talking about it and here. It 100% is. Uh, well, but while we're talking about it, I'm going to go ahead and say this is my number one. Yes. And this isn't just my number one favorite Christmas horror film. This isn't just one of my favorite horror films. This is one of my favorite movies, period. I've been watching it on Christmas, excuse me, in December annually for at least the last like 10 years. I remember hearing about it, you know, seeing it on the yeah, internet or whatever. Yeah. And then learning uh, that Anchor Bay was putting out the DVD. Mm-hmm. And it was just so exciting to go get it. And it just like immediately reached those expectations that yeah. I wanted. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of another film that I watch at least once a year. I mean, yeah. not even RoboCop gets watched once a year. Trick or treat. But other than that, for I me, didn't even watch Trick or Treat this year. But you, I'd be damned <laughs> if I missed Silent Night, Deadly Night yeah. this year. Um I used to watch it every year uh, with a girl that I was seeing. And last year, she put up a big fight about it. She didn't want to watch it. <laughs> and I said, fine. And I watched Silent Night, Deadly Night by myself. Easy's watching it alone. Again for the second year. But yeah, I, I love this movie. Yeah, I wait for it every year. I mean, I know I could watch it more than once. But every year, like once December starts, I wait for for it to be close enough to Christmas, but not Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And I watch Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's... Uh, it's just a seminal horror movie, and 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 again, this is always that thing where you're like, is it my nostalgia? Is it is it that I saw no. when I was young? It's such a I'm good 25 movie. years old, and when I watch this movie, I literally think to myself, wow, like this is one of the best movies I've it ever seen. It may be my top ten horror films. Now let's kind of back up just a tiny bit, okay, sure, and say it has we, its faults. If we sound it definitely gets a tad bit slow there in the end. If we sound excited. We just love this movie. And if you don't think it's the best movie ever, we absolutely understand that. We just do think it's the best movie ever. And you know what I absolutely love? And let me tell you why part two kind of sucks for a moment. Before you do that, also, because I want to do one more uh, positive thing. Uh, At the beginning of the movie, when when his, uh, well, I don't think it's spoiler to say his parents die. It's so Mm mean-spirited. Couldn't be more mean-spirited the way his parents are, are killed in the street. I think there's... His mom's titties are out, aren't they? It's incredible. It's what. <laughs> Tell us about Silent Night, Deadly Night Two, Doc. Oh well, what I was just gonna say is, you know, we mentioned how it's it's scenes from the original Silent Night, Deadly Night, but those scenes are cut. Yes. Yeah. So make sure you're watching the first one. And you, what I love is how like they had to like reinsert. Yeah. That footage, and I think that looks great. People are complaining about it on the Exorcist Two Blue, which yeah. I guess is whatever but i don't know i just love it when whenever that uh film turns to crap you're in for a, a, a treat easy feels like he's back in the grindhouse yes exactly there you go so that is silent night deadly night that's eric's number one christmas horror movie yep. that's my number two i don't think i'm gonna be able to top this with my number one but yeah absolutely in terms of christmas in terms of like you know it's funny how excited we are that it's mean-spirited but it's just like it, it's. I feel like. Why do you think we like that? Why do we like? Well, I mean, in real life, you know, if somebody looks at me, you know, the wrong way, I'm like, oh, that person doesn't like me, man. and I'm upset. But in a horror film, it's like that chick just got her slit, her cut, her throat slit <laughs> with her with her chest out. Let's see that again. Okay, it may be exactly what you just said that we are. I, I I'll have because there's say- no real offense. Well, yeah, and me and Eric are kind of uh, how how would you describe us as as not very uh, uh, 
confrontational people. No, not at all. And maybe that's why we like such a mean spirited movie, especially around the holidays is, it's like, you know, F you. I, I don't know. It sounds stupid. We sound like losers right. and that's fine because we are. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's why we like it. I don't yeah. always, I've, I've said this before on the podcast. I don't always love a mean spirited horror movie, but when I do, it's one of my favorites of all time. Right. So Silent Night, Deadly Night, just one of the best ever. Period. Unfortunately, I now have to talk about number, my number one after yep. that excitement, which isn't even on my uh, honorable mentions, which is fine. Uh, my number one Christmas horror movie of all time, which I, I, I felt like I had to include because you really can't talk about uh, Christmas horror without bringing this one up. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just pointing up my finger because, you know, this is number one. <laughs> uh, so my number one is is Gremlins. Yeah. And this is just my, you know, if I had a top five films of all time, forget horror. If I had a top 10 of, of, of films of all time, this is on it. I mean, Gremlins is on it. You know, it would go Jaws, Gremlins, Star Wars, you know, and then from there, literally. But now I'm going to ask you a question. Sure. Is Gremlins a Christmas horror film or does it just take place on Christmas? I, I get this a lot and I, I it's a great question. I think it's pure and out. Uh, it's a it's a Christmas film. Okay. So the only argument I could see is that it's a Christmas movie, and first, and then it's also a horror movie. That's the only argument okay. I could see because this film takes place around the holidays. the The gift that is bought at the beginning is for his son on Christmas, which is Gizmo, which turns into the Gremlins. He does not turn into it, but he makes the Gremlins from water and eating chicken um, after midnight. Uh, it also has so many things like the gremlins tie his dog up in Christmas lights and hang him from the house in Christmas <laughs> lights. There is a scene where his mother is it, one of the best scenes in my life. It terrified me as a kid where she throws the gremlin in the microwave and it explodes. Yep. Uh, one of the best scenes ever blew my mind as a kid. It, it terrified me as well. Um, there's this scene where she's, you know, she backs into the Christmas tree it's a Chris. I mean, it's a Christmas movie. The movie is out and out a Christmas film, but the only argument that could be made is that it's a Christmas movie first, and it also has horror elements. I disagree with that. It's a Christmas horror movie, which is why when you kind of said, "Yeah, you have to include it," I was like, "You know what? You're right. I do have to include it." But I think it's a good time to say because I kind of mentioned it. Is it terrified me as a kid? Okay. Absolutely terrified. That was scary. And I think that this movie is probably one of the things that got me into horror. Like okay. Gremlins is a seminal a gateway film. Yeah seminal film in my life. Uh, my dad showed it to me as a kid. So of course it's special to me and it's just, it terrified me. It terrorized me. I was terrified of the gremlins, but it became one of my favorite movies of all time. Mm -hmm. And it probably is because of that. But I, I do want to put out there that, you know, you think, Oh, well, you saw it as a kid. So that's why you like it. I saw this movie in theater last year with my brother, uh, Ben. Hello. We went and saw it together because I was, I've never seen gremlins in theater and I loved every waking second of it um in theater it, one of the best parts of the whole movie is phoebe cates has this insane uh monologue about how why she doesn't like christmas which is also when people ask me is it a christmas movie the best scene in the movie deals with christmas and it's actually uh i don't want to spoil it but it's about her dad uh dressing as santa and coming down the chimney except he doesn't make it down the chimney and that there's a bad smell in their house for a couple days and they can't find their dad so <laughs> point being it's an incredible story one of the best scenes in the movie one of the, my favorite scenes of all time um and it's just yeah 
I mean, I could go on about it forever. Gremlins is awesome. It also has this incredible finale in this department store, which the Gremlins end up with all these toys, which, you know, echoes Christmas. Um, I, I could talk about any scene from the movie. There's a scene where, where the Gremlins go into a movie theater and start watching a movie and they start throwing popcorn around. There's a scene where the Gremlins are in a bar and they're playing poker and they're smoking and drinking. Um, those are the Gremlin moments. Oh, my favorite Gremlins moment from the entire movie of the Gremlins is when they're singing a holiday uh, jingle. What do you call it? Caroling? Christmas caroling. Yes. Uh, to these people and they're going, da, 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 da. I want to tell you that they are, they are. That's the theme to the movie. So it's almost like breaking the fourth wall that they're actually singing the 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 theme of the movie. Right. Also, I want to throw in here: it is directed by one of my favorite directors of all Joe time, Dante. Joe Dante. So, if you can't tell why I like the movie, I saw it when I was a kid. My dad showed it to me. It's directed by one of my favorite directors. It's Christmas. It's Kids in Peril. Uh, it's everything I love. Do you feel as strong about part two? I don't, of course not. I don't feel as strong about part two, but I love part two. Sure. But uh, no, Gremlin, I mean, I, I cannot. There's what no, if Gremlins 2 was set on Christmas? <laughs> maybe. But I didn't see Gremlins 2 as a kid, so that oh, okay. certainly helps. I also was not shown that to uh, by my dad. But, you know, again, Gremlins is, it would be on my top 10 films of all time. So when I asked you, I was like, do I include Gremlins? You said absolutely. I was like, you're right. So my number one, sorry if you don't, if I've talked about this too long, my number one Christmas horror movie is Gremlins, but we certainly agree so on the pick. other film, which yes. is Silent Night, Deadly Night. So yep. watch Silent Night, Deadly Night. Do you think that would make a good double feature? Easy. That would be one of the best. I mean, I would do that right now. I don't care how tired I am. Those are two of my favorite films ever made. Yes. Do you own so, a copy of Silent Night, Deadly Night? Of course. I have it on Blu-ray. The only thing is oh, the Anchor Bay Blu-ray that was put out, uh, everybody hates. What's the so, problem with it? They say the jumps in quality are really bad, but um, the additional gore, the inserts. Right, so I'm okay with that, man. Me too. If you're going to give me more gore, film quality can be shit. Well, how do you watch every year? You have the DVD? The DVD. Okay. Um, every year before I bought the Blu-ray, I would just rent it from Amazon. It's on oh, there. Nice. And then that's actually how I saw part two. It's on there, but I don't believe part three or the toy maker. I want to see Yuzna's. That's four. I would love to see Yuzna's. Yes. I have Return of the Living Dead 3. From Vestron, coming in signed by Brian Yuzna from uh, Dark Delicacies. Hello. Remember when everybody thought uh, Arrow was going to put out Return of the Living Dead 3? Since they had put out two Yuzna films, Society and Bride, and then Vestron came out of nowhere. Yep, Vestron. Um, do you have any Vestron yet? I have zero Vestron titles. Wow. Well, after all that excitement, I think that's the end of our episode. Do we have anything else that we want to include here? Well, I'd like to say this. Go ahead. We got a holiday-themed episode out before the holiday actually happened. Yes. Filmed uh, filmed it. Recorded it a month, or excuse me, the month before. And I just want to say here, Merry Christmas to anybody that's listening. I mean, it's awesome. I, I, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but I feel like horror fans like holidays more than anybody else. I think it's because we... That sounds fair. I think, it, I think it's because horror fans like... That's setting. ...imagery. And, uh, and I was going to say, and setting, and feeling, and tone, and Christmas, and especially Halloween sort of bleed all of that right so exactly. yeah i love christmas and i love halloween but uh merry christmas everybody and thank you for listening to the first annual Gold. we can't do a second one because what are we gonna do <laughs> in 2017 and my number one favorite christmas horror film is silent night deadly night settle down our our second annual could be a different topic but it could still be our christmas special yeah 
we could do like top five Joe Dante films. No, let's do top five uh, Shane Black films. There you go. Because he always likes Christmas. Um, oh, I also wanted to mention. We could rank the diehards. Yeah, we could. Uh, I would rather not. Um, <laughs> except for the, the one of the recent ones that had uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead in it. Let's watch that one. Um, I was just going to say, I remember, I forgot in the episode I wanted to mention that uh, Conjuring 2 takes place on Christmas. Yeah, they just put Bloody Disgusting just put out like that article where James Wan said like. Yeah, which is cool, and I, I think he's trying to sell Blu-rays, to be honest with you. But but I'm uh, I think I'm gonna watch I it. I have my copy stolen, but I won't tell that story. Let's not get into how that happened. <laughs> but it was a very funny story. We're not gonna tell here. Yep. So you've reached the end of the ghoul, first annual Ghoul Squad. The end Christmas of the line. So you've reached the end of our Christmas special. Thank you for listening. Like I said, Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Hope you have a happy holidays, not just Christmas, of course. The next time you hear us may be in the new year. Yeah, it should be in the new year. And I was just going to say our next episode will now be for sure, unless something insane happens, uh, found footage. Yep. So, and I kind of want to say here, if you want to send us like your favorite found footage movies, we'll shout you out on the next podcast. And and answer me in the comments in any of our uh, social media presences. Uh, is Man Bites Dog a found footage horror film? And also, is Cannibal Holocaust a found footage horror film? You know, obviously, Cannibal Holocaust has found footage elements, but it's, it has a narrative part, too. So, it does. You know. Um, so does Behind the Mask. We Well, that's a good point. We're going to have to work that out before we finish our list. I have to say here already, I already have my list. We were gonna Kigi always ready. It's 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 me that sleeps. Kigi is always ready. Like I have to bring all the equipment over here again. Thank you, Andrew, for your equipment. And we're here. We're recording on NECA boxes, which you you could see featured on our our Twitter. The uh, same two, <laughs> the same two boxes every single time. Here. Gypsy Danger and yeah. City Hunter. But we like the charm of our little podcast. So uh, thanks everybody for listening. Merry Appreciate Christmas. It. Yep. Um, where can you find us on our social networks? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ghoul Squad FM. If you want to pick one of them, go to our Instagram, Instagram.com slash Ghoul Squad FM. That's that, definitely where we're most active. Yeah, we post a bunch of stuff on there. We try to post everything we're watching and everything, all the new Blu-rays we get and all that type of stuff. So check Keegan's us out. Keegan's very responsive if you want to hit him up on there. I am. Check out our Instagram. Uh, I think that's it. So thanks for listening to the, uh, this episode of the podcast. We out. Merry Christmas. And goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.